what formats you want, what countries you publish. So for example, I've actually sold books in 82 countries around the world, which most traditionally, well, 99.9% .9 traditionally published authors will not have done that because publishing exists in these silos. That is Joanna Penn, an award-nominated New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors of thrillers under J.F. Penn and also writes nonfiction for authors. She is a professional speaker and award-winning entrepreneur. Her website, thecreativepen.com, is regularly voted one of the top 10 sites for writers. Do you have a desire to write a book? I know many of you do. That's why I invited Joanna to come to the show. What we're going to learn today in this episode, including... Her journey from highly paid cubicle slave to full-time multiple six-figure income, mainly from her books. We also gonna learn the right way to review the pros and cons of the self-publishing versus traditional publishing. The formulas you might want to consider to publish. How to write books that sell financial planning for publishing your books. And now listen to this. How to do time budgeting for your book writing process and so much more. All coming up at Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, episode 039. Welcome to the Godly MBA, Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly here. Welcome to Godly MBA Podcast. Thank you for being here. I know you have many choices. My team and I are super honored that you give us your precious time. If this is your first time, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any power-packed episode. And your reviews on iTunes serves as a fresh dose of blessings to me and my team. We will really appreciate it. I met Joanna at Upreneur Summit in London, and she was one of the fantastic speakers. Her presentation successfully persuaded, well, I would say almost all 300 of us to write our next books. And I would like to warn you, this is one of those episodes we pack a lot of value bombs inside. You probably want to download it so you can Listen and take notes. Okay, now let's check with Joanna. Hello, Joanna. It's so happy that you are here. Oh, thanks for having me, Kelly. It's great to be here. You know, after I watch your presentation in the Upreno Summit, and I'm not the only one, okay? I just found my heroes again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very sweet of you. I'm really glad to help. You know, uh, so Joanna, can you kind of share with us uh, how did you become this best-selling author multiple times? 
<laughs> multiple times. Well, once is never enough, clearly. Um, okay, well, winding the clock back, I mean, I know your audience are, are people of faith, and I actually have a master's degree in theology from, uh, from Oxford University. So I started out, you know, doing what is basically not a very useful degree, but very interesting. And <laughs> I, left, <laughs> I left that job and went into the corporate world. So like many people, you know, get a good job, pay the bills. Uh, and I actually then spent 13 years implementing accounts payable into large corporates. I know. So I was basically a cubicle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was a cubicle slave, but I was a highly paid cubicle slave. And I know, you know, your listeners are, are high performers. And, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, six figure salary, traveling around the world, being a business consultant, working for large companies and, you know, big name companies. But I was miserable, really miserable. And, you know, I really, I was kind of spiritually dead. I was creatively dead. I didn't think I was creative in any way. Um, and I just turned 30 and I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And I was married and I had a house and I had investments. And I was just like, is this all there is? So I started um, listening to a lot of self-help. I think podcasts are great. And I, I read a lot of self-help books. And I was just like, I've got to do something. I know, I'll write a self-help book. And that might help me. And in turn, it might also help others. So that became what is still available as career change. And in the process of writing that book, um, being a sort of self-starter and uh, entrepreneurial spirit, I guess, I discovered how the publishing industry worked. And I decided I wasn't going to wait that long because it was going to take years to get published. So I was like, nah, I'll just do it myself. So I put my first book out in 2007. So this was before the Kindle, before um, eBooks, before the iPhone. So this yeah. was like, yeah, the olden days of, of uh, going independent. Um, but I loved it. And so fast forwarding, I wrote another couple of nonfiction. I started writing novels. Um, I set up a website, a podcast, YouTube channel. I started speaking, all the things I'm sure your listeners do. And then I wrote my first, uh, my first novel, came out in 2011. I also left my job in 2011. And in 2015, I surpassed my income of my old job. My husband left his job. And now I run a multi six figure business as a creative entrepreneur. And I have 28 books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know it's a bit of a bit of a journey. I, I should say that that you know that is basically a ten-year overnight success type of story, which you know I think is quite common. <laughs> and you guys, can you believe Joanna is introvert just like I am? I know you guys cannot believe both of us, but we are. And and I think, but when we are now that that podcast interview is, we know it's this time is for us to give value, so we will just give it all. And, you know, forget about like, we are introvert, but afterwards we just go back to, you know, sleep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow, Joanna, what a journey. So, you know, I survey my tribe and then they have to ask some questions, of course. Uh, and one of the, the questions I think I feel, once I feel so bad to ask, but because I know you probably asked thousands of times, but just for the sake of, audience that what are the pros and cons of the self-publishing and traditional ones? Yeah, sure. So I think you have to start with a big question, which is hard to answer, but it's important for your whole business, which is what is your definition of success? 
for mm. this book? You know, and the answer can be different things. So what is the definition of success for this book, for my five-year plan as a business, for my author career? So you will change your answer depending on the project, but how you publish is related to your definition of success. For example, if you want to be stocked in all the bookstores in your city, or you want to um, have a name on the spine that y your mum goes, oh, you got published by Penguin. <laughs> or other people say, oh, you got published by Random House. So that ego, and there's nothing wrong with ego. So having the validity of a name, a publisher name, is a very good reason to go traditional. If you want print distribution into bookstores, that is the other really good reason to go traditional. If you are wanting to win some kind of literary prize most of those are still only open to traditionally published authors however if you would like to make a living with your writing mm -hmm. <laughs> then you might want to go independent and I don't like the phrase self-publishing because we're business women and the people listening are business people you are an independent publisher which means you hire professionals to help you do a professional product I call self-publishing like um, you just doing it yourself for a personal product got Whereas it Whereas we're independently publishing in order to make money or for business reasons or for a personal goal, but still we want to do it professionally. So some of the reasons to go indie, independent, is control. And that is control of both the, the title, the cover, the design, the um, hiring of an appropriate editor, cover designer, um, what formats you want, what countries you publish. So for example, I've actually sold books in 82 countries around the world, which most traditionally, well, 99.9% .9 traditionally published authors will not have done that because publishing exists in these silos. So if you want a truly global business, you need to either just license certain rights and then self-publish independently publish elsewhere or do it yourself and press all button when you do it and then you can publish everywhere so I think also being business people entrepreneurs we like control and we appreciate the money so the money might the kind of comparison figures would be 10% of royalties mm. for a traditionally published author to 70% as an independently published author. So, just a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. And that's seven zero, <laughs> that's 70%. So yes. it is, yeah, it's significant. And with print books now, you could through um, Ingram Spark, I mean, maybe we'll talk about some of the ways to do it, but um, you can do hardbacks, you can do uh, ebooks, obviously you can do audiobooks yourself through ACX. You can do all these different types of things. I do large print for my, um, I do sweet romance as well. So all these different options we have now, there is practically nothing we can't do as independent authors. Um, so I guess those are some of the pros and cons, but the big ones, it normally comes down to prestige or mm -hmm control and income and uh, you and I both know Chris Ducker you talked you mentioned Youpreneur and we both got a the hardback version of Chris's book yeah. it's all he chose to independently publish as someone whose last book was traditionally published he's chosen to go independent for this book um, because of the control factor and also all the business reasons around it so just circling back think about what is your definition of success for the book and then consider the pros and cons, trying not to get emotional about it. Now that, and that can be the hard part. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. So tell us a little bit about emotional about it. Yeah, okay. So many people will sign with an agent or will sign a publishing deal without necessarily understanding the contract <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, somebody wants me. I'm worth something. You know, I've been picked. I've been chosen. Uh, but I think part of the reason for being trying to be unemotional is considering your holistic business side. I mean, sure, if one of your life goals is to be published by Hay House or whatever, then awesome, go for it and tick off that goal. But don't expect to make a lot of money and don't expect to be able to use that. For example, audiobook rights. If you license your audiobook rights, you can't put out an episode on your podcast because you don't own it anymore. Oh, yeah. So this is all. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you, um, a publisher does it, you don't, and they change the title and the cover and you hate it. Well, tough luck. You don't own it anymore. So this is the thing. Um, there are lots of authors who might be happy with the initial deal and then realize a month, you know, a year later that the publisher isn't doing any marketing, for example. That, that's probably the biggest thing I hear is, oh, I want a publisher because I don't want to do any marketing. But, but you and I both know, I mean, it's the same as running a business. Who does the marketing? you know, you have to. <laughs> and this is the thing, if you, if you are, especially with nonfiction, often you might get offered a contract because you have a platform, because you have an audience. And then it's like, well, uh, so what, what do I need you for? And I think that's, let's just circle back on the bookstore. The reality with bookstores in this environment, I'm sure, you know, you're in Switzerland, right? I'm in Britain. Yeah. Many of the listeners might be in America, Canada, yes. Australia. The majority of print book sales now are online. So even if you want to do ebook and print and audiobook, the majority of sales are online, not in store. And even if you get in store, uh, people, you know, those will turn over within a month or six weeks. So your book might be in there for a month, six weeks, then disappear unless you're mm. a perennial seller like Tony Robbins or something. So you can see that the the pros and cons become a little more complicated, you know, when, yeah. you, when you consider the life cycle of a book. And that's the other thing. The life cycle of a book when you own it can be the rest of your life and 70 years after you die. And that's amazing. Unless you license World English Rights, you know, for the life of copyright and the life of copyright is 70 years after you die. So how much are you willing to give all of that up for? And I know people who've signed a contract for a couple of grand for, for you know, basically for 70 years after they die, which I don't think is a very good deal. No, that's <laughs> not a good deal. That's surely not. No. Wow. <laughs> that, that's really awesome way to uh, answer that question, Joanna, because sometimes people just say, okay, either A or B, but actually it's a whole lot complex than that. Mm. And uh, what would you say, let's say we, I would say we as entrepreneurs, we really more probably embrace the indie publishing way. So what would be the specific key points that you show us how we prepare for that, that process? Yeah. So again, you still have to come back to what is your definition of success? Because I find that people writing nonfiction uh, can do it in two, there's two kind of directions that you can do it. First of all is the top down approach, which is I have a topic to write a book on. So on the video, you can see there the healthy writer, which is my my latest um, nonfiction book. Obviously that's perspective. It's not really that that small, (laughs) Um, but um, 
uh, with that book, I decided, you know, with a medical doctor, Dr. Ewan Lawson, to write a book called The Healthy Writer. And that was, so we came up with the title for our audience. We're going to write this audience for my audience. And I know what approximately what will be in it. Then I come up with the table of contents and then I write the book. The other way is the book of your heart, the book that you is kind of bubbling up. So you don't know the title. You don't know the audience. Maybe this is how some of your uh, listeners are feeling around their business. They just feel like they want to do something. They might not know their target market. So that's the thing. Ideally, you will have a target market in mind as the same as any business product that we're looking at. Uh, but if you haven't, that's fine. You can write the book first and then discover the audience. But if you want to think about the publishing and marketing process, it's a very good idea to consider who you're writing the book for. In the same way, if you're doing a podcast, if you're setting up a website, if you're doing info products, um, you know, all of these these basic questions around business apply. And then you have to consider, I mean, I guess we might come back to how you can actually write the book because that's a really big question. Um, but, you know, then you would be looking as an independent author to engage editors professional cover designers, look at your options around publishing. For example, do you want to go exclusive on Amazon? Are you going to do eBooks, print? Are you going to do audiobook? There's lots of decisions around both the writing and then also the publishing. And then think of the marketing again as something separate. So for example, with the marketing, with the healthy writer, when I engage my cover designer, I get her to do the book cover, but also to do the Facebook advertising at the same time. So it's trying, you actually have to be basically like a project manager to be mm -hmm. a successful, I think to be a successful entrepreneur in general, and that works for being an independent author as well. You have to be able to organize other professionals and your own time in order to kind of put this together. And also you do need a budget if you're going to independently publish. If you traditionally publish, then yes, you may get an advance. Um, so you won't have to outlay, but actually most nonfiction editors and agents will be looking for a polished product anyway. So you're probably going to have to hire an editor regardless of how you publish. So those, those are some of the things. It's kind of thinking through that project management approach. And I mean, of course, you know, there are lots of resources we can point people to later, you know, so, so you have a list. I have a, a free book called Successful Self-Publishing. It goes into all of those things. Um, but I guess the other thing to remember is that lots of us do this for a living. So yeah. it's not, it's not like you have to do this in the dark. Um, you know, it's a bit, like your podcast or like, um, you know, helping other people, we all help other people do that. And I think that's what I like also about the independent way you can learn in the same way that you can learn all these other things we have to learn. You know, you didn't know how to do a podcast before you started. You didn't know how to run a business until you did it. So it's the same with independent publishing. It might seem like lots of things at the beginning, but once you've had a go, you can do it again. <laughs> well, people, I'm sure that the, some listener now is thinking, ah, 
Joanna, because you are Joanna, after 28 books later, yes, you can say that. <laughs> but I, I, I gotta say it's true. And we surely uh, will put that you don't mind, Joanna. We're gonna put your, that free book you mentioned uh, in the show notes so people can go to see those uh, you know, details that what they need to prepare. So you touched on a little bit about you need to have a budget. So I know my audience, they were like, so how much is that? generally speaking, to, to get, get started? Yeah, okay. So the budget is obviously in two uh, parts. One is time budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for many of us, that's more expensive than the money budget. So this is where there are options. And again, the sort of scale of self-publishing or independent publishing goes from do it all yourself. And there's plenty of tools now where you can actually do things yourself. So cover design. Um, I'm sure you, you know, canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. So Canva do awesome graphics for social media. They also do book covers. So you can get an ebook, a free ebook cover from a site like Canva. And actually it's pretty decent. Um, but those of us who want like an original cover will engage a cover designer. Um, and I, you know, usually I would say between, let's say $200 and $600. I, I think at this point in 2018 would be appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the lo- again, lots of us have different lists of recommended designers, but always check the type of genre they do because the design for a nonfiction book cover will be different to say the genre, you know, a thriller or a romance. Um, So book cover design would be one big thing to budget for, but obviously that's not actually very expensive when you think about many of the things we do. Um, Editing can, can be expensive and how much editing you need will depend on your experience with writing and how much you intend to do this type of thing as part of your career. So when I wrote that first nonfiction book, I had no idea that 10 years later, this is what I would be doing. I just didn't, and I, but I got the bug. So I invested quite a lot in editing because an editor will help you become a better writer. And often the, the problem is that first book is the one you need the most editing yes. on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, and very uh, luckily uh, about, well, not well for us anyway, the publishing industry obviously has gone through a lot of change in the last few years and they laid off a lot of people as part of that. So mm. most of the professional editors that we can hire are people who have been editing for for Penguin, for Random House. So you can hire professional editors, professional cover designers who've worked on books like Stephen King, you know, or other nonfiction people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really important. So editing, I would say, it will depend on the level that you are looking for. But again, it will probably cost that a bit more expensive. So I would say it's between 500 and 2000 depending on the length of your book, depending on how much of a writer you already are, whether you want structural help, whether you just want line help, whether you want proofreading, there are different um, levels of editing. So those are two big financial things you'll want to budget for. Then of course, uh, some form of marketing, but Mm -hmm. I would say that presumably most of the listeners either have a business or a startup a business so you may already have an email list you might have um, you know an audience in mind so your marketing can include 
free thing, free things. So obviously me coming on your show counts as marketing, um, you know, because we're helping people, but people are also finding out about me. So marketing doesn't have to be paying for Facebook advertising, for example. It can be the more uh, organic stuff like this, but this costs time, not money. Yeah. So mm -hmm. very important to have a think about, okay, so how am I going to do each of these steps and am I going to pay for it or am I going to uh, use free kind of tactics? And then just sort of circling back on the project management aspect, I'm a sort of proponent of organizing all of this yourself because it doesn't work out that expensive you have full control you load your book up say to amazon you get the money into your bank account now there are lots of companies that will help you um, do this so they will basically act as middlemen in the independent publishing process now some of those companies are amazing and some of those companies are a ripoff <laughs> So what I would say is, um, if you have a look at the Alliance of Independent Authors Watchdog Service, and you know, again, we can link to that in the show notes, because these companies change hands quite a lot, and new mm. ones appear, and older ones disappear, and some of them are red warning, do not go anywhere near these people. And the Alliance of Independent Authors has a service that, and it's, you can get to that page for free. You don't have to join. It's there to help authors avoid the sharks. <laughs> wow. There are, there are many sharks in this pond. And I should just say, you know, to be clear, I'm not a publisher. I won't publish your book. So I have no vested interest in who you publish with. What mm -hmm. we want as authors is to, to help each other avoid the pitfalls yes. of bad contracts, bad edits, bad covers, you know, horrible experience. So um, I hope we'll also put the watchdog in the show notes too. Now a word from our sponsor, Lee Pages. Lead Pages generates leads and sales for your business on the web, in emails, via text messaging, and on social media. It's one of my favorite tools because it has saved me and my clients a lot of time and money every single year. The drag and drop templates allow you to set up a proper trackable campaign in no time. And the newest feature called Checkout it enables you to collect payment right from your lead pages with Stripe account. It's a no-brainer. You can join the 14-day free trial at kellybarder.com forward slash leadpages. Now, back to the show. That's great. That's great. Uh, so... That's come to, so we discussed about financial aspects of it. Um, now let's talk a little bit about marketing. I Ooh, think you just on, on, sorry, before we go on, let me just add on the cost. It is free to self-publish. This is a big, big thing. Okay. So it costs you for an edit and a cover design, but to yeah. go on to KDP, Amazon KDP to go on CreateSpace to go on Kobo Writing Life to go on ACX it's free so it doesn't cost you anything and then when the book sells in whatever format you get that 70% or you get whatever percentage you know you've decided for the print version so I think that's really important because the mm -hmm. one of the big differences between these service companies and you know doing it independently is that they will charge you to publish and then the money will go into their account and then they will pay you so 
I think that's really important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, well, on the top of that, I will say, Elon, to say, you know, if you map out in, within that project as a, you know, the marketing funnel, uh, the back to cycle all the way back, say, what is your goal for this book? Mm-hmm. Uh, if this book actually is the front end that, entry to your maybe afterwards you follow up with uh, let's say um, a master class or a, a group coaching program anything like that mm-hmm. so based on that if, if that's the case you know whatever you put up from those calls you actually can easily recruit oh um, yeah absolutely after that yeah. yeah and i i mean generally i'd be looking at getting that the outlay back within the first month of publication so i as you say i mean yeah i think that's absolutely right so i would normally spend around fifteen hundred two thousand dollars in total per book and that includes launch marketing like facebook ads and other things like that and i will easily make that back in in month one and then the rest of its profit and that's just on book sales so you know then if you look at the sales of that ongoing plus Mm -hmm. as you say the um always always include a link to sign up for whatever free thing you have so you can get some um you know email and then of course if you have courses or you have affiliate links or you have other products um yeah absolutely that all goes into your funnel so yes for many people the outlay of cost is is far outweighed by the benefits or even speakers um, often just use, you know, give the book away. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, coming back to someone like Chris Ducker, you know, he's not aiming to make money with his book. He's aiming to use it as a way to get people into his um, business funnel. But I think it's also important that if people love doing this, as I do, it can be a great, you know, underpinning of income for your business and if you love writing then this is cool if you're an an introvert like us (laughs) and actually you don't want I mean because I what I did do speaking for a bit and obviously we met because I spoke at an event but I rarely do it now I I've only I only did a couple last year because it's so tiring and Mm. so I much prefer to do writing because it's how I can communicate (laughs) see how what she just did she I mean she just convinced us to write a book or, <laughs> or a couple of books <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so um this is really a curious question average speaking how much time you spend on one book in the writing process well it will depend on the length of the book and the, how complicated it is. So for example, uh, well, The Healthy Writer is co-written, but taking How to Market a Book, um, the third edition, which I updated about six months ago, so it's really current, that uh, was a rewrite, but it took me a lot longer than expected because the book is 70,000 words, it's really chunky, there was a lot that had changed um, since 2014. And this is another benefit with, with self-publishing or independently publishing you can update your book whenever you like and just upload a new version so that actually took me you know three months to update a version um so that book's taken me a long time uh or normally it would probably take between yeah I think actually three months is probably about right, but then you can do a much shorter book. So how to make a living with your writing, which is my best-selling nonfiction book. Um, unsurprisingly, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's only 25,000 words. So oh. that actually only took me, I think about a month. 
Um, okay. And when I say when I say a month, um, obviously I run a business. I do fiction. I do lots of other things. So that's only doing you know an hour or two a day. And what I would say on writing in general is, and certainly many nonfiction authors do this, is they, they do um, dictation. So, you know, maybe you've got a talk that you've been giving at an event and you can, you can dictate that talk and then you can get that transcribed and that can be the basis of your book. So The Healthy Writer, my chapters in that book are pretty much all dictated. Um, mm. So you can get a first draft done very quickly with dictation or you know working with somebody who's asking you questions and you answering them and that that will at least be a first draft because for many people that first draft is is the hardest thing yeah it's it's a tough to stare at a blank page and uh yeah i, I yeah i i think I, I did i did the same i actually because my book was a live story so i literally record like eight hours Mm. I just spoke it and then I get somebody transcribe it and then I sit down and start to organize it. Yeah, that's a very yeah. effective way. And the other thing I would say about time is when we talked about time budget is you have to schedule this. So if you're listening and you want to write a book, then, and let's say you can either dictate or, you know, let's say write for the sake of it, you can write 500 words an hour. So it takes you two hours to do a thousand words and you want to write a 25,000 word book you know that's 50 hours so where are you going to get that 50 hours from so like any other project go into your calendar and schedule meetings with yourself that mm -hmm. say i am sitting down and writing in this time and and turn up to that meeting as you would like you and i we had an arrangement and we've turned up together because yes. this is a professional arrangement and you have to do that with yourself and that's tough but you have to say okay I'm sitting down now um, at nine o'clock and I'm doing this so for example for me I'm a I'm a professional writer this is the basis of my living so every weekday morning I'm at the cafe 7 a.m an appointment with myself and I do my fiction at that time of day. So I'm writing screenplay at the moment. So I was there this morning doing my screenplay 7am in the pouring rain. <laughs> <laughs> because if I, if I don't schedule it, we, I mean, th this is the other thing. There's a trade-off. I don't know if I'll ever make any money with that screenplay. And it's a bit different, you know, with nonfiction, but in general, you might be thinking, well, but two hours to write this book, I could be, doing an interview or I could be working on a product or whatever, but you have to consider the opportunities that the book will bring you that you just can't know. It's by putting it out in the world, things will happen that you would never have expected. And that book, that first book you write in particular can really change your life. So I would really urge you, if you want to write a book, make the time and turn up for that appointment. Exactly. Well, the Chris would say that nothing scheduled, nothing get done. Exactly. Right. And I know sometimes, you no, know, I mean, I'm sure I'm guilty of it. Sometimes you, you just move that schedule and go. <laughs> <laughs> you never done that, right, Joanna? You never, never, done that. never. No, no of okay. course, sometimes okay. life gets in the way, but you have to think about it as as something. If you want to do it, then yeah, you schedule it. And so if you end up moving it like, two or three times in a row, there's something wrong with your motivation. And then you have to really look at it because I can't remember who said it, but it's something like how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Exactly. So, and what I have on, on, I have a, a lot of things on my wall, but one of the things <laughs> is, have you made art today? 
Um, mm. And how can I create a body of work I'm proud of in my life? Because so often as business people, we chase like, well, how much revenue am I going to make this month? Or, uh, you know, these short term goals, where if we have this longer term perspective of how do I you know, create a body of work that I'm proud of that I can say, I made this. And we can say it helped people because books help people. They really do. Then yeah. Why wouldn't you make time? Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk about, um, a lot of uh, authors will probably slash, you know, author normally is sometimes not just author. I mean, yes, there's a rare breed like you, you are professional <laughs> authors, but you know, some business owners, they write books for business purpose. So after you finish writing a book, let's say you, you know, you submit to your editors, everything. How, what are the specific action steps normally you would take to market that book? market that art yeah so um yeah it's such a big question because you I know, know it's, 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 it's like i mean <laughs> it's huge but I, what i would say first up is um marketing a book is similar to marketing your business or personal brand so everything you do to market your business and personal brand will also market your book i mean actually what's interesting now with the podcasting movement as it is, mm -hmm. is often if I find a podcaster I like, I mean, I don't read blogs anymore. I just don't. I listen to podcasts, nonfiction and entrepreneurial stuff. And I will basically then look for a book they've written because I want, I don't want to listen to them waffle on for months on end. I want to have their distilled wisdom mm -hmm. as fast as possible. So what I normally do now is download their book on Audible. So, yeah. um, often I will, for nonfiction, an audiobook is fantastic. So, uh, in terms of marketing, everything, like everything you do will market your book. So me speaking at that event, you notice some of your, you know, listeners will buy one of my books. So that's the first thing you don't actually, if you are already marketing your business, you don't actually have to market it in any different way, but then mm -hmm. going into more of the specifics. So how do you get new people to find you on Amazon, for example, being the biggest bookstore in the world? So one of the things is to make sure you have an SEO book title or in your subtitle. So um, for example, the healthy writer, you know, includes reduce your pain in the subtitle. I have a book called how to market a book, <laughs> which surprisingly, we need to buy that book. Yes, which, well, exactly. And surprisingly people type in how to market a book in the search bar on Amazon and my book comes up or my book career change also comes up on the front page of search on Amazon because remember Amazon is a you know search engine for people with credit cards who want to find something to answer their problem and they want it in a faster way than going to your website trawling through your podcasts trawling through your YouTube channel trawling through your social media if you have a book that sort of sums it all up then that will really help. So considering your book title, your cover is also great marketing collateral. So as I said, you know, look at how are you going to, for example, do you have a color palette for your business? Um, try and make your cover resonate with your business design. 
if you don't have a think about it but also have a look on Amazon in the categories that you would like to rank in and make sure your book resonates with those other books so um, you know does it look like a best-selling business book or does it look like something else, like a romance novel? <laughs> so, you know, it won't sell well unless it looks like the right genre. Uh, price is a big deal. So if no one's ever heard of you, then why are you pricing your book, at, your ebook at $15.99, for example? Uh, it's just not, not recommended. That's what traditional publishers do. And that really affects the sales. Now you can do that if you're famous, but most of us are not famous. <laughs> um, yet. But, yeah, yet. <laughs> but remember, you also get 70%. So um, the Healthy Writer ebook is $7.99, of which I get like $6 per copy you know, which is amazing. Whereas it's most, great. yeah, most traditionally published authors, um, their book might be at $14.99 and they might only get like $2. Yeah. Or $1.50 or whatever. So this yeah. is the, this is the thing. You don't have to price high. If you independently publish, you can actually do really well. And the other thing is having an ebook, an ebook, an audio book and a print book. Uh, people can choose the, um, different version that they like, but many people who like an audio book will buy the print book as well and vice versa. I often end up buying an ebook and then I like it and I want to buy the audio book. So for nonfiction, the audio book is, um, quite important, I think. And you can hire professional narrators. Obviously, that's, again, different financially, um, yeah. but that's definitely an idea. And then uh, in terms of marketing, email marketing, basic stuff, I'm sure you've covered in other podcasts, social media, all of this stuff is exactly the same. Um, there are websites that you can advertise books specifically, but many of us use things like Facebook ads um, to target the audiences of other people in the niche. Um, so find the comparative authors who write books like yours and then um, target their audience on Amazon, on, um, on Facebook. I mean, although as we speak, Facebook have just announced an algorithm change. Um, so this might not be such great advice in the future, but certainly there will always be paid marketing activities as well as uh, free ones. So those are some ideas. Um, and there's, you know, there's lots more free advice on, on my site and, and obviously the book as well. Yes. Uh, you know, I feel sorry to ask that gigantic question, but because it's the honor of my audience. And I'm glad that you answered the way basically it's a confirmation to many listeners. It's, I always say that your book or anything else in your, in your business, uh, I think the fundamental is you need to know your audience and you need to go where they hang out with. Mm. And it's just like you say, you how you promote for your other stuff is pretty much the same as how you're gonna promote your book. Yeah, um, well, I, I would just add to that. I think podcasting is actually right now incredibly powerful for nonfiction. I think if you, I mean, one of my big marketing pushes is getting on more podcasts. Um, so again, you have to budget time for that not money because I don't know any podcasters who charge for an interview. I mean, it's usually your, it's a, it's a, you know, it helps each other because you, you know, often you will promote it and both sides get new people. So that, that would definitely be a tip as well for nonfiction is um, if you don't feel happy on camera uh, for introverts, then 
definitely you I mean you can do audio only podcasts but I do think that it's well worth learning some more of these energy sort of techniques in order to perform and this is a performance you and I are both performing we don't always you know we're not always like this so this is a big tip if you have energy whether you're speaking or you're on a podcast and people can hear you smile um that can go a long way because if people remember you, if they like you, if they trust you, then they are far more likely to buy your book. They'll be like, oh, I want a book on book marketing. There's 800 books on on book marketing, but I remember her because I went to that event or I heard her podcast. So I'm going to check out hers. So I think podcasting, using your voice, using your smile, you know, getting on video, these can be very powerful. And I know they're intimidating, but well worth it. Yeah, they are. And, uh, but, you know, the, especially the audio, it's a very intimate relationship you can build with, you know, somebody is in the, the drive to on the, you know, drive to the work or they are in the, their gym and the, the machine and then they, they put you with them for over 30 minutes. Uh, so yes, it's well worth it to try it. And uh, Joanna, that if I can ask you, you know, after all these books, right? I'm sure there are so many moments that if you have a chance that when you are, you were speaking in the event and people come to talk to you and um, what is one of those moments that you can share with us? We call it godly MBA moment. The moment that uh, you, you realize like, oh, my, my books or my business is way beyond just business transactions. Uh, I, I actually think it always has been more um, you know, I'm very proud of my financial success because I'm a businesswoman and I like living well. And I think there's nothing wrong with being a creator, a wealthy creative or, you know, um, but since the beginning, it has been feeling creatively dead that led me to this journey and what drives me to continue writing nonfiction and helping other people. I've been podcasting since 2009. So, you know, you you do everything early girl. (laughs) I know I'm really early. I'm really early, (laughs) but I, I could, you know, technically for financial reasons, I could give up my podcast. I could give up writing nonfiction, but every day I hear from people who said, you know, you've empowered me to write my story. And I truly, truly believe that everyone should write a book. I really, truly believe it. I have an abundance mentality that the more books in the world, the more you will be fulfilled, the more you will help other people. And we need this positive energy, right, in the world. I mean, don't watch the news, write a book. <laughs> um, but this is the thing. It's, I truly feel that this is my calling. Um, and I won't, you know, if I won the lottery or if I become as rich and famous as Stephen King, I will be still helping other people write their books. Um, And that's part of the human condition, I think, is helping other people with what you learn and continuing to kind of share that journey. So in terms of the moments, you know, obviously we all have moments where we're like, oh, I just want to have a holiday or I just need a break or when I speak, you know, I'm so tired, I can't cope anymore. And then you have to fall back on the, the bigger reason for doing this. Um, and you know, Mike, I stated a number of years ago that I want to help bring a million books into the world. 
So oh. yeah, so if I inspire anyone listening, if you write a book um, because of this conversation, then let me know because it makes such a difference to me. And when uh, some people, you know, I've had dedications in books and acknowledgements in the back of books and just emails and tweets. And it's just fantastic to have this creative outpouring in the world. And I'm just so proud to be part of it, I guess. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so hopefully I soon can ask you, say, Joanna, okay, Amy in one of those one million people. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, I cannot thank you, thank you enough for today, your precious time. And uh, we will put all the goodies, all the links and all the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the resources you mentioned in the show notes. Show notes and then... Uh, well, cannot wait to see more of your art. And uh, hopefully uh, we will see in each other in person somewhere. Oh, yes, absolutely. And if, if people do uh, want to see what I'm up to, come over to thecreativepen.com, pen with a double N, or any questions, best to ask me on Twitter at thecreativepen. So thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Joanna has pulled back the curtains and showed us what it really takes to become a successful author and business owner, in this case by writing, publishing, and marketing our books in the right way. And what's the one key thing she mentioned? Clarity about your message and audience. I have a gift for you to download just for this purpose. You can download for free the detailed guide called Five C's to Shine at kellyballard.com forward slash clarity. Again, that's kellyballard.com forward slash clarity. Now, this is what's coming up in the next episode with Kevin Anderson. He is a founder of Story Edge, a storytelling coach writer, and communication consultant for corporations. He's on a mission to help people unlock their inner storyteller. And start to communicate like a real human being again. So, so for me, one of, the, one of the key tips is to write like you talk. So when you're starting to tell your story and you're starting to get it down on paper, write like you talk. Did you know you can listen to our show on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. That means if you use Alexa from Amazon at home, you can also give the command to play our show. Pretty cool, right? Please do subscribe and review at kellyballard.com forward slash review. It helps more people can find the show. My team and I will really appreciate it. For all the goodies and today's show notes, visit kellybother.com forward slash 039. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.